to Empowering Green. I'm joined today here in the studio by Molly. Welcome back, Molly. Hello. And our special guest today, Andy Stump, the superintendent over at Greenfield. Hey, Andy. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Good. Not too bad. Thank you, Andy, for coming in. We're excited for you. You're switching over from Scott County area to Greenfield officially. When do you start there? Yes, yeah, so I officially started on June 1st. So um, uh, last Thursday was my first day in Greenfield, and I can uh, finally relax and, and focus on one job instead of trying to balance uh, the two jobs that I have over the last nine months. Yes, so. and then Scott County, how, how long were you there? I was at the Winchester Grade School for uh, seven years. Yeah. Seven years goes by really fast. It goes by really fast, uh, especially uh, with considering COVID was smack dab in the middle of that. <laughs> that seemed to uh, speed the process up even even quicker. But yeah, seven years was, uh, it was a long time, but it went by very quick. And did you were you a teacher before that? or? So I started my career as a teacher in Carrollton, and then I was there for seven years, and then uh, was a principal at uh, Brussels Junior Senior High School for two years, and then um, the last seven years at Winchester. Wow. So you've been you've been doing this a long time. Yep. What what did you teach? What grade? Or? Um, I taught fifth grade for six years, and then junior high math for uh, one year before moving to the principalship. Okay. And which um, like did you like math better, like the middle school age, or did you like the fifth graders? No, or? fifth grade's an ideal age. They're uh, they're old enough they can do things on their own, um, but yet not quite to that junior high. I know it all. Uh, you know. Um, guess smart aleck yeah um age see so. and i and i have a secondary education degree so i love the second secondary group the middle school age i like that little attitude that they give you back and the funny that they have you know um so i enjoy it like sixth graders they were so quiet like yeah. you could they just sit there and they don't have much to say and then the seventh and eighth graders just you know they're popping back with you know all kinds of comments which i enjoyed so absolutely that seventh grade it seems to be that year that transition year where they go from uh the elementary age to the uh, junior high age and they know it all and they like to they like to tell you that they know yes. it all so uh, no I, I i often said that in education the the two hardest jobs that deserve hazard pay are junior high teachers and kindergarten teachers. Yes. <laughs> it's hard to as a secondary ed person too is like teaching somebody to tie their shoes. I mean, that's such an easy task, but yet as a secondary person, you're like, I can't do that. I can't t- teach them the, 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 that small skill just because I get so frustrated. Yeah. And I think the older you are, at least for me, the older I am, the, the longer I've been in it, the, the harder that gets. I, I got sort of roped into uh, coaching uh, my youngest son's, uh, baseball team oh, this yes. year and, uh, that I just don't have the patience that I once did to do those things. So, right. I thought I'd have a lot of kids, and then I got the second one, and he's pretty wild. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but so, your what's um, what's your favorite part about being in the education system? Well, when I, ironically enough, I got into education to um, coach and have my summers off, and I do neither of those now. <laughs> so, um, I actually was playing football at Monmouth, and uh, as part of our uh, community service and part of our give back to the community, we had to go out and do certain things. So, uh, a roommate of mine and I went down to uh, an elementary school and read books, and I thought, you know what, I really like this, and and I like the idea of coaching, and of course, I like the idea of having summers off, and. So I switched my major from from business to education at the end of my freshman year, and um, sort of got into got into it for that reason. And then it didn't take me long uh, teaching at Carrollton to realize that um, 
you know, I had the ability to be a leader. I sort of was a teacher leader. I was put into leadership positions as a teacher, you know, in charge of certain things or, or, you know, led, led certain areas and, um, you know, decided to eventually go back to school and, and get my principal degree. And, and, and honestly, looking back now, I, 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 I couldn't go back into the classroom, but, but I don't know that I have a desire ever to go back in the classroom. I just like the administrative side of things. I really love my time as a principal, both at Brussels and Winchester. And, I'm just super excited to get started on, on my next uh, admin journey as a superintendent in Greenfield. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting, and it's like your your passion for the community. You can tell it's just like there with you, and um, that really drives you. I mean, you went to get an education degree, and you came back to this community because you want to be here, and um, that kind of exudes off of you. I think as a leader that I've seen and experienced through you, so. Um, I appreciate that, and I know that that is a benefit to the community that we don't always see, and um, I think we need to continue to develop leadership um, as with children, with people that are going, uh, you know, to schools to bring back all the things that you're learning to your community and really keep improving green, so... Yeah, I think I appreciate that. I appreciate that, that you can see that. Um, and, and it just doesn't, you know, obviously I still live in Carrollton, but, um, you know, I, I can't wait to help Greenfield grow and, and, and continue the success that they've had. But I also want to see uh, North Green be successful. Um, I work, work with Mark Scott, um, you know, as he's, his tenure is coming to a close, but uh, I've known Jackie Cucci for seven years. Jackie's a Winchester native and actually I had her kids at Winchester. Um, her and I have talked and texted numerous times, uh, her and I are in the same uh, cohort at, I, at UIS. Um, so I, I will do anything in my power to help help Jackie be successful. Um, Brett Berry at the high school at North Green, um, and then and then the elementary, new elementary principal, um, Samantha Plogger. You know, so so not just you know Carrollton Greenfield, but even North Green and Green Green County in general. Uh, I want to be see be successful, and you know, you mentioned growing your own leaders and, and helping these kids. You know, we, we have an opportunity to put kids in a position to be leaders and, and both it's, it's pretty easy on the athletic field and on the athletic courts to, to provide those opportunities. But but even in the classroom and in, in other um, areas such as student council, NHS, those sort of things. And I know all uh, the uh, schools in Greene County provide those opportunities, but we have to be able to grow our own leaders um, not only is there a shortage in um, education with teachers, but there's a major shortage and, and I think a bigger one coming both at the principal level and even at the superintendent level. So we have to start that now with our kids in schools and hopefully we can grow our own teachers, grow our own principals and grow our own superintendents moving forward. Yes. And, and we're just very much advocating for that too, is just looking for services that we need in general. You know, we see that with um, services such as physical therapy that we deal with um, just the need of, of career paths for people to to engage in and to to participate in and within the community. You know, it's oftentimes people are able to leave and go to St. Louis or Springfield and do um, whatever job they're looking for, but um, there's something to be said about working in the community and growing your community to be stronger. So um, it's definitely, you know, something that we're thrilled that you're doing. Yep. <laughs> um, what have you seen in the school system that's changed over the years? Well, I, you hear a lot of times uh, parents, teachers, administrators say that kids have changed. And I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think as much as how we parent kids has changed. And, and I know that we have to adjust and adapt with the times. Um, but 
I think that's the biggest thing. How we do things is not the same as it was when we were in school. Yeah. You know, you know, I look back now and I graduated high school 23 years ago and there's a lot of things that aren't even recognizable about the school system that, that were when I left high school 23 years ago. Um, so I think the biggest thing is that people, teachers, principals, superintendents have to be able to adapt to our clientele and our clientele are students or kids. And so I think that's the biggest key is we have to be able to adjust accordingly. Um, is it okay and necessary sometimes to still hold firm and do some of those old school ways? Absolutely. There has some benefits to it, but there are also, uh, it's necessary to make sure we adapt to, to accommodate students and to accommodate uh, community members and, and do those sort of things to make sure we maximize the potential of everyone, not just a select few. Right. And we talk a lot in our health department just about diversity in general, but then also just generational changes and how, you know, we have millennials raising kids and their experiences as a generation of people is different than generation X and, and whatnot. So that all transcends to the other kids that are coming up and how that variable really impacts, like you said, is just how we parent and what we're exposed to and what our perception of the world is. So I think that's just an interesting part of all the things that we, you know, learn as we go through. So definitely differences happening. Yeah, for sure. What do you think um, needs to be done here in Green to better serve our youth? I think more opportunities. And, and I think you guys at the Green County Health Department have done a really nice job of providing additional opportunities. Um, even even just having the, the health department here in Root House, uh, I didn't even know was was here until, until uh, you know, you invited me to participate in this. Opening up areas and buildings to provide opportunities, not just for um, younger kids, but for older kids, whether they, they need a place to go, whether they're, they're having struggles with a variety of different things and they need the support system or just, uh, to, to have a building, to have an area for them to go hang out. Um, so they're not on the streets or causing trouble. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, it's hard for people to start businesses. It's hard for, uh, to provide the, 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 to come up with the money to start these businesses, to provide opportunities for youth. We have a, a number of restaurants in, in Green County that are, you know, which is one of my favorite because I like to eat. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, providing kids an opportunity and a place to go to keep them out of trouble is is absolutely vital. Um, I think everybody's done a nice job, but I think we have a ways to go with that. Um, you know, you go to a Jacksonville, you go to a Jerseyville or an Alton, and, and you have more opportunities for them. And I think if we could come find a way to provide those similar opportunities for our kids in Greene County, um, I think we would have less issues with, um, you know, drugs and alcohol and, and abuse and, and uh, even truancy in school because we provide them a more stable environment. We provide them a, an opportunity to um, seek positive reinforcement and to seek positive opportunities. Um, I just, I think it would benefit not only our youth, but, but, uh, even the adults and, and young adults, uh, in Green County. Right. And you've been, more. you've been advocating for that in Scott County too. I remember having a conversation with you just about how people in sports, you know, they have something to do after school, but the people that are missing are maybe high risk students that don't have a place to go and, um, to look for opportunities to provide for that. And I think as a community, we all need to be seeking other other ways to make that happen. So it's great that you're advocating for that and using that as a, a, a reoccurring message that you're sharing because I think it is a huge need and definitely would make a difference. 
What um, what are you looking forward to as a leader of the Green County District? So Greenfield is is a long history of successful schools, successful sports programs, and and I look to join that and then build on the progress that they've made. Um, I know, you know, over the last nine months, I've sort of worked part time uh, per diem per se, um, just trying to help them out. Um, one of the big things that, that, that I've, I've recognized and, and noticed and tried to work on already is, is trying to, to get more um, technology, you know, at least at the district level. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with the old fashioned paper pencil way of doing things. But um, I believe there can be uh, an opportunity to prove, to be more efficient, um, and and my handwriting's atrocious too. So <laughs> so uh, writing things on paper and pencil don't does does not work very well for me. Um, so so just from a district level standpoint, um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I know that the principals at, at Greenfield Elementary and Greenfield High School, Mrs. Bettis and Mr. Lanso, have done a really nice job of of getting and even Dr. Bowman, um, you know, prior to me of getting Chromebooks into the schools and Promethean boards into the schools and um, technology has come such a long way since COVID and sort of forced our hand. And that's what I guess. Uh, one of the positives of COVID it sort of uh, pushed us to get uh, that technology into schools a little quicker than maybe we would have been able to do otherwise. Um, so I think that's huge. We need to build on that. Um, we need to find a way of improving our, our buildings. Um, you know, money's tight for everyone. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but, but we also can't let our schools crumble and, and fall apart um, because, you know, instead of spending you know, two, three, four million dollars to renovate a building. Uh, we'll be spending thirty million dollars to build a new one if we're not careful. So, so again, um, you know, I know Greenfield. I've, I've looked uh, looked this up. You know, they've had a roof replaced in every district building in the last few years. That's huge. Yeah. Um, you know, we just have to look to continue building on that. I know North Green, Carrollton have both done a nice job with with renovations of, of improvements. They both have um, things. I think they're working on this summer. You know, like we are over in Greenfield. Um, we're, we're going through a transition as we're losing our longtime district maintenance man, uh, Mr. Plogger. Um, you know, he, he's, he's bettering himself, has an opportunity to, to, to better himself, and, and we wish him nothing but the best. But we're trying to identify and, and uh, bring a replacement in, and that's going to be a bit of a transition. But uh, I think that's just the world we live in right now. You know, there's so many opportunities for people to go better themselves. You mm-hmm. can't, um, you know, sort of like myself, I have an opportunity to better myself. So, I sort of, I sort of bounce around here a few different things, but my point is, um, I think all the leaders in Green County, both at the health department, both in the schools, um, at any, at any level are looking for opportunities to, to better the, their organizations, to better their, their people in our case, better our kids and our, and our staff. And, and I look to continue that at least at Greenfield. Right. And it's so funny that you mentioned technology and about that's a huge need for your staff and for your group and students in general. But um, when I started at the health department in Green, I came from Madison County and they had email. You know, you just would send an email. Well, in Green, nobody had email. Like I had to get staff just an email address. And then I said, well, how did you communicate before? I mean, I'm just so used to just sending emails. And they said, well, I'd get up and <laughs> walk over and <laughs> say what I need to say. And then I go back and I said, well, it's, you know, there's not much time for this. You know, we're, we're going to have to have everybody have an email. So we've come a long way as well in our technology. And we continue to find ways to communicate with people and our outside. And um, it's a huge need just because communication is one of the biggest barriers to really excelling and um, in our whole community, we need 
you know, more communication in general. So absolutely. I walked in the door at Greenfield one of the very first days that I started over there and helped and they still did triplicate forms to request absences where the person would turn it into the office and then the principal would sign it and they'd send it over the district office and then a copy goes to each. And I was like, this is 2022 at the time. (laughs) There's a, there's a better way for this where you type your name and you request it, you hit send and it's a copy is sent to you, you know, digitally and, you know, just things like that. Again, is there any way, anything wrong with the old way? No, but there's a more efficient way of doing things right. and, and save time and, and money and energy. And, you know, time is so valuable. You know, we can save a few minutes here and a few minutes there that those few minutes add up um, over a year, over a uh, career, especially in education. And so, uh, you know, you know, like, so like you said with email and, and even just a, a safety um way of doing things you have a paper trail and and uh, uh that technology paper trail uh, will always be there yeah so. it's all about adapting it is yep. and there's a lot to adapt to as we've made quite a bit of change you know um over the years and we continue to change so you know being a person that's not you know has difficult with change you know there's quite a few people that find that very difficult i'm sure that's a barrier but um continue to advocating and being positive i know that you know, negativity really just ruins a lot of environments. And so continuing to just promote positivity and that things are going to be okay and we're going to learn this new way, I know that that's definitely helpful. Um, is there anything the community could do for your staff that would be a benefit to them and, and maybe something that's a need that that they haven't shared before that you think might be good? Well, I think positivity is a big one. Uh, communications key. I know Parents always want to be communicated with by their teachers, by their coaches, but they in turn sometimes don't want to communicate back <laughs> to those teachers and to those coaches. Yeah. If they have a, they have a, and it's mainly a concern. They, they usually don't have a problem sharing positive things, you know, thankfulness, those sort of things. But if there's a concern, a lot of people want to just skip that conversation with the teacher, skip that conversation with the coach and go straight to the the athletic director, straight to the principal, straight to the superintendent, straight to the school board specifically because they're out in the community more often. Um, and I cannot emphasize enough for those parents to, to have that conversation with the coach, have that conversation with the teacher. You know, is it a difficult conversation? Yes, it is. You, you may absolutely disagree, but I think it's the respectful and the, the right thing to do. Oftentimes, the what your concern is can be worked out between you two before it ever gets to that next level. And I think it's hard for people to understand that until they experience it. So I can't, whether you're from Carrollton or Greenfield or North Green, I can't emphasize enough for parents or even students to have a conversation with your teacher, to have a conversation with your coach if you have a concern and see if you can't work it out. Will you get everything worked out? No. There will be things that you have to work, you know move up that chain of command ladder. But it needs to start with where where the issue is prior to going to that next level. Clear communication. And we yep. had um, the jiu-jitsu people, they came in from Jacksonville, and they talked about just bullying and having that clear message, like explaining to the person before you even do anything else, like go to your go to that direct person and explain what, what the issue is. A lot of people don't know that maybe they're offensive or that they hurt somebody's feelings or whatever. And if you are direct about that, then it really changes the way people treat you and that you are treated as well. So I think that was a good message and um, definitely something that people in the community can do better. You know, um, Absolutely. And I think you hit a key, key word there is bullying. That word is used so often and oftentimes it's not bullying. 
You know, if you go to someone and say, look, what you're saying or doing is bothering me and please stop. And then that behavior continues. That's, that's bullying. bullying. <laughs> right. But if, if you tell somebody, you know, just for example, a kid says, Hey, can I, can I play checkers with you? And the, the child says, no, you can play, wait till we're finished and maybe you can play the next game. That is often, you know, they'll go home and say, they won't let me play this game. And then the, the phone call is made and that's their, that child's bullying mine because yeah. they won't let me No, that's not. And, yeah. and, Whereas you're absolutely spot on if they would communicate that, hey, I, I asked this child to play checkers and they said, no, wait your turn. They told those that to the parent and the parent says, yeah, wait your turn and then they'll let you play the next time. Yeah. Okay, that, that communication, communication is such a key. And it's not just in schools, it's in the workplace, Everywhere. it's in every building, yes. every environment. So. Yes, yes. Couldn't agree more. What do you think is the biggest challenge for the district facing the district over in Greenfield? Well, right now, I think financially, Greenfield's in a pretty decent shape. Uh, I think the, the COVID funds that were passed down from the feds down into the schools helped um, bring some districts out of a hole. The problem is that those funds are now going away. And we were able to, or we, the, the Dr. Bowman and, and Mr. Lansaw, Mrs. Bettis were able to, you know, bring in a new council or they were able to provide some services by using those funds that maybe they wouldn't have been able to provide before. And so can we maintain those services for a couple of years? Yes, I'm confident that we can. But beyond that, when that money dries up, where where are those services going to go? Where are those funds going to go that pay for those services now? I think that's that's my biggest concern. As as these ESSER funds go away, you know, I don't have an exact number, but let's say let's say there's a hundred thousand dollars that that is paid, you know, using different services to using ESSER funds to pay for those services. Well, you can only come up with those that hundred thousand dollars for so long after these funds go away. And then where do those services are go go once that money dries up, unless there's additional money coming from somewhere else. And services that I think are very important, especially that we've identified the, the mental health aspect of, of um, things, since, especially since COVID. Um, but when those services dry up and, and those funds aren't there, what's going to happen next? Right. You know, we can relate to that. Yeah. And yeah. it's a frustration of, of watching funds come and disappear that we've experienced in public health in general and it, it is stressful as a, as we're looking five years ahead and we're like we know we're not going to have money in five years what are we going to do and we're trying to communicate that to the community or the people and um, boards and whatever and it's just very it's hard to communicate that we may not have these funds and what's things going to look like then um, so we just try to do present present work and and try to make sure that we're looking ahead and, and looking for opportunities to grow and grants and and ways that we can really change the community too um, a lot of what we do is based on our needs of the community too so yeah. i know that you do the same yeah and i think a close second to your to your question too ron is is staffing our buildings you know we we've had a number of teachers at greenfield put in their um intent to retire which is a as a as a benefit for them that they can maximize their their um raise over the next couple of years before they retire uh, rightfully so rightfully deserved but where are those teachers going to come from to fill those positions right. you know i had a lot of success at winchester providing a positive work environment and so i could call and recruit teachers to come work for me and so i hope to continue that at greenfield but it's a little bit different at the district level because i don't have that hands-on relationship on a day-to-day -day aspect with them um, now I'm very confident in both principles that we have at Greenfield and, and their ability to do that. And I can help 
you know, help them. Uh, but um, we're not very, very years away from Mrs. Bettis retiring at the high school. And so trying to build your own principal to replace her in addition to teachers, you know, there are just so many different aspects. You know, you talk about a five-year plan. Well, a five-year plan in education is, is very challenging because you never know what the state, you know, the state provides about 40%, 45% of your in or your money. Well, if that 45% goes down or is prorated or whatever the case maybe it has in the past, that changes everything that you've done or everything that you plan to do. So we can plan and we can, we, I hope to, to go through a strategic priority, strategic planning process at Greenfield the next couple of years that will help that. But uh, just that everything's changing and so fluid with, with uh, education, but we'll continue pushing forward and, and planning long-term and short-term and, and see what we can come up with. And, and workforce, positive workforce environment, that is probably key in continuing to find teachers and continuing to be this asset to the community. So um, I, I feel you, and I think that you have that in you because I've mm-hmm. seen it. So I'm I'm very proud to um, have you as a Greene County superintendent, and we're glad that you're in Greenfield. And, and um, what makes you proud, just as a closure? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a proud to be a, you know, well, <clears throat> I wasn't necessarily born in Greene County. I was born in Calhoun, but we moved to Greene County at a very young age. So <laughs> most of my memory in my life, it, it comes from Greene County. But but I'm, I'm proud that how Greene County isn't just stuck um, in their in their old ways. You know, like I said, there's positives to doing the old way. Uh, you know, work ethic, I think, is a big one. The, the old work ethic, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, I'm proud to see Greene County growing like they are, you know, the, the health department leading the charge. I mean, who would have thought five years ago that we would have had a podcast um, <laughs> in, in Greene County, you know, so, so kudos to you guys for that. Um, who would have thought that, uh, you know, this, the Greene County Economic Development Group leading this broad broadband project, you know, and I know there's some updates going to be coming out in the near future, but with the goal still in mind that every household has high speed internet at a reasonable cost, who would have thought that Greene County may very well be the one of the first counties in the state of Illinois to provide that access to, you know, people from one side of the county to the next, mm-hmm. you know. So there's just so many areas that, that Greene County continues to, to lead in. Um, from a school system standpoint, um, we do such a good job on so many levels. Technology, you know, look at every, every county school. Um, you'll find a Promethean Board or Smart Board or a Chromebook in the, in the hand of a student or in the classroom uh, I think that's a, a huge aspect um, where we're still able to to find teachers. Um, even if they're not necessarily certified teachers, we have people that, that are coming, working as subs, and then going back and getting their teaching certification. So finding creative ways to, to fill classrooms um, and finding ways to pay for those things as well. So uh, there's so many things to be proud of in Greene County, and, and I, I hope to help um, be a part of that moving forward. Thanks.